Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm looking forward to this as well. This has been a long time coming for me. Yeah, there's, um, been, a lot of, there's been a lot of turmoil and, and bizarre reasons why it didn't happen. And it's nice that it, uh, it's nice that it is happening. We're here. First things first, first order of business. Have you seen The Dirt? God, everyone that I've seen today has said the same thing. Have they really? Yeah, of course For fuck's sake, what an unoriginal start. Of course it did. <laughs> and yeah. thoughts? I thought it was exactly like I thought it was going to be. Without the... You know, the more controversial parts of the book. Which um, did you feel they left out? Well, Tommy Lee got to prison for um, domestic, domestic abuse. abuse. Yep. Um, yeah, they had the bit where he hits the girl on the bus, but that's obviously not his wife and yeah. not to the same no, extent. The, yeah, the, the whole Pamela Anderson thing, I, 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 was, I was surprised they missed that out. Surely yeah, he yeah, was yeah. the most important or the most famous member of Motley Crue at that point. Yeah. Being as he was the only one that was in the news, but um, I don't know. I, they, I don't know. They, they missed out the bit where Vince got fat. <laughs> <Didn't> <laughs> they, they certainly did. You know, I'd like, to, I'd like to have found out how a skinny guy got that fat. <laughs> uh, uh, that, to me, that that's interesting. Well, I guess it would probably be something to do with the the grief, right, and the the pain of what happened to his daughter, because that is, without a doubt one of the darkest things that can happen to a human being, isn't it? To 
Yeah. To lose a child at that age. Well, yeah, and, and the guilt of not going to jail for killing Russell. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you, you can't underestimate how much of an effect that must have if you know that you and your money can, you know, get you around the law. That, that's uh, on a young man's psyche. What what sort of effect must that have? It certainly puts you in a different world than the rest of us, you know. And you know, in the, in the, in the rest of us, if you don't want to be a good, you've got to stop eating burgers and drinking beer for a while. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a mad fan of Monty Cruz. I, was, I, I can't much, imagine you would be. I was. I, I liked the first album. Yeah. I, I did like Live Wire and all the yeah, early stuff. I did, I did like when they came out and they were mixing a few different elements no one else was doing. And there was a bit of Kiss in there and a bit of Black Sabbath. And I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. And it was, a, it was a real cranky sounding record, that first one, that I thought was, was good as well because, you know, there was a sound that rock bands had that that first album didn't sound anything like that. No. And I like garagey sounding records. I like I like rough sounding records, as you can probably gather from our new latest Wild Hearts record. And many previous Wild yeah, Hearts records I like, as well, yeah. I like records that, that, you know, grab you by the scruff of the neck. I'm not a big fan of posh productions, posh, posh mixings, you know, posh established rock norms within the world of sound. But, um, I don't know. Oh, that, that first album just had had a charm that none of the rest had. But I haven't heard them all. But the second one certainly didn't have that charm. Shout I think the there's wasn't, a... wasn't a very good record, was it? No, and certainly not the one after that. Theatre of Pain. Oh, that was fucking dreadful. That <laughs> one. But the thing is, I've got a I've got a soft spot for Motley Crue just because they were, you know, causing trouble and 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 having having fun and I, I, you know until it got to the point where. They were rich, and then they were kind of just, you know, Above costing people's lives. Yeah, that's when it just, it, it, you know, the, the kind of honeymoon period was 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 gone for me. There's definitely a few, I think, for me, similarities. One being the obvious that I guess both yourself and Nikki Six were clearly very influenced by Sweet. Mm. Um, and I think you know, you said to me before in an interview that you turned on Top of the Pops one night, and they were playing on that, and there was a moment with a sticker on a guitar or something. Where you were like, "What is this?" Uh, well, I, I knew that before that point. I knew that I loved music, but it wasn't until I saw that that I realised the division between me and my parents, as far as what we thought of what was going on the, on the telly. That I realised, ah, this is actually I'm standing up for myself here. I'm liking something my parents don't like. I'd never done that before. Eight years old, whatever I was. Um, and I remember them, and I remember you know them saying, oh, "This is absolutely rubbish." And I was going, "Oh, I like it." And, I'm like, oh, and that's kind of the crux of rock and roll, isn't it? Is music that your parents hate? Well, it's it's that's definitely when you the, find your own identity, isn't it? It's for a musician. That's really the, the when the when the when the touch paper's lit. Yeah, is that you know that extension of your own identity that your parents don't often see. You know, they they're trying to kind of at that point restrict your identity from developing by. You're still a child. You're still a baby, and at that point, if you know eight, ten years old, you, 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 you know, you're you're not a baby. You're you're starting to think things through, think things laterally. And as soon as I saw that performance, I thought I'm going to do that. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And if, you know, from my my little eight year old brain, I never went away, not for one day, not even now. You know that decision that I made that on that at that moment is still what. You know, my manifesto to this day. You still got that excitement of a child when it comes to making music. 
Absolutely, I couldn't. I couldn't make music if it didn't excite me. I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, I just couldn't. I, 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 there's nothing in it for me. I, I, you know, to see a project like making an album through to the end, it's a laborious process, and I'm not very good with boredom. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, fast I, moving mind. Yeah, and just too many other things that you could be doing. Yeah. Instead of labouring over something that you're not really that into, but I, I like to. I always like to um to to push things. Scott Walker, you know, bless him. R.I.P. Um, was big for that in my life because, you know, the Walker Brothers were quite a big thing when I was little and then they started going a little bit more avant-garde and a bit more Baroque and then he turned into Scott Walker, the solo artist, and then no one knew what the hell he was doing and that informed me such a massive level that he was the first fearless artist without any thought of the commercial aspect of what he was doing or the potential commercial aspect of what he was doing being as he was just a huge gorgeous pop star it wasn't like he was just being thrust into a world we didn't know he was he was robbie williams of his time or whatever yeah yeah completely and then he just went no i'm just gonna hit sides of beef in the studio and sing get about. big drums and just rub them around in circles on big tables and you know, yeah 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 and the world's going like <laughs> are you all right you know what i mean Do you not want loads of money i'm like no not interested in all of that and that's that's been my you know the way the way I do things. Art has always been, you know, a different sport than the than the commerce. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I don't. I've got no. To my detriment, I've got no interest whatsoever in the commercial aspect of of making art. And you know, it sounds a bit wanky. A rock musician talking about making art, but I do think what I do is like it's a statement. I've got to get out on my system to get to breathe properly. Otherwise, there's things going to follow me around like a fucking tumor. And I've just, I've just since recording the Wild Arts album, I wrote and recorded another album that I've still yet to <laughs> of course finish. <laughs> did. And it's driving me nuts because I can't. I've got a tattoo on my back that's not finished. That drives me nuts on a daily basis. I hate unfinished business. Hate it. So it's been, um, it's been, a, a, you know, it's an interesting thing making music, you know. But if it's not something that it's, it's pulling something scary out, you know, you know, you know, you know, if you're not swimming into those weird choppy waters you're not completely sure you're going to be able to navigate you ain't doing anything all you're doing is kind of well you know chuk, chuk. clocking chuk, chuk. in and out i've done this before it's easy i want to know that i could possibly fuck everything up at any second that's that's what makes me moist a little bit of fear goes a long way it's all about the fear ever since you were a little kid jumping on that swing that was on a tree that you know at some point that rope was going to snap but you were going out across over a big cliff and into certain death if it snapped and then you go by a week later and the rope snapped it was, what the hell happened there but we'd be on that swing we're like you know 10 or 12 of us clinging on you know and you know you'd be lying if you said there was no fear when you were little fear was the thing that motivated you to do it fear was the the kind of you know the the the, the rite of passage ...ness about it, you know, that, 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 that leap from being a boy to a, a bit of an unhinged boy, that would be the unhinged man, that's, that still follows me around, everything that I do, I want it to be at least interesting for me, and the commercial aspect, you've got no guarantee that, you know, the most commercial thing is going to work anyway, and then, you, then you've got things like Nirvana, who've just gone boom, as big as the Beatles. Who the fuck saw that coming? Yeah, I think if you try and chase it, you're never going to create something that stands the test of time. But sometimes, really occasionally, 
artists that are that radical somehow just have the right sound at the right time, don't they? And it just mm. explodes for them. And, 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 I, and I believe But never that, lasts, or very rarely lasts. I believe that to the point where now I still believe that the Wild Hearts could be the first band of unknown kind of guys in their 50s that actually people go, oh, I like this. And it just, you know, I know Motorhead had a later kind of a dip in the 90s and then kind of resurfaced yeah. and had a, another another kind of renaissance period. Um, so I, I still believe that, you know, people might not just look at this band and go, that is such a weird concept. One of them's got one fucking leg. I'm buying the record. Well, it's almost like what a motley. Takes. It's almost like a motley crew thing as well, because I think that that book, first of all, the dirt for them gave them a real resurgence. And there's there's a, another similarity for me between the Wild Hearts and the motley crew guys in the sense that you've come through so much, like depression, drugs, fights, uh, wars of record labels. Like there's a lot of warfare similarity, um, and you've come through it on the other side. And do you think that anybody would have guessed? say a few years ago that the Earth versus Wild Hearts lineup would not only reform for a tour celebrating the album, but that then that would lead into a whole new record no. after everything that you've all been through collectively we, and individually. We didn't. We, I, none of us would have thought, I mean, God, but Danny coming back from the dead and, you know, be initially when we were doing the Brit Rock tour, he was the kind of the, the concern. Is he going to be all right? Is he going to do this? And now he's almost the mascot and, you know, He's the guy that, you know, it's he's, he plays such a big part in the band. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I've given up trying to second guess the future. It's like, I just, I just know that I haven't got a clue. And then I, I, that's a good premise to work on, I think. You know, I don't, I, you know, and it stops you being disappointed as well, which is the most important thing about not Yeah, if you don't have expectation. Oh, yeah. Anticlimax sounds like a fucking rotten time. I'm not interested in anticlimax at all. You know, and the wild arts. Fucking every every gig that we do is a a, a massive uh, success because we just look at each other sometimes in the dressing room and just laugh. So we look, how can how this should none be of happening. us die? How did none of us die? And it wasn't like a Motley Crue story where we we had like some rags to riches to trade off. We didn't have any. Riches. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't buy your way out to, of the trouble you got yourself in. Yeah, we you know we 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 would run out of drugs because we run out of money. And that was uh, always the, the Wild Arts thing, was like when, you know, when it was dark with the Wild Arts, it was really dark, because it was, you know, proper working class dark. It wasn't Hollywood dark. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, wasn't rehab. It, it wasn't, wasn't Valley of the Dolls. It wasn't yeah. like you know, rehab and stuff. It was like, you know, just broken down families and, you know, just tons of worry about people. Uh, and then really ugly fallouts, you know, that, that we... Uh, I mean, the good news is that, you know, we're, we're all speaking now. That's the most important thing. That's all that matters. All that matters. Well, and not only not just speaking, but, you know, making art and music again together. How well, how, how was that experience for the four of you to reconnect in that way? Well, it was, it was, it was, it was essential, really, because we went in there knowing what, what sort of album we didn't want to make. I had no interest in making um, especially with such a, a fucked up political climate as there is now, it was like we need to make an album that sounds like a live album. It's raw as fuck. It's exactly what we think when we listen to the Wild Arts in our head. And you put the record on, you go, oh, it's a bit overproduced. There's a bit too many guitar overdubs, and there's a keyboard here, and too many harmonies there. 
And we're like, just get rid of all of that. If we can't do it on stage, don't do it on the album, on this album. Um, you know, so CG was given one track of guitar. Danny had one track of bass. I had one track of guitar. Same with the vocals. There's no massive double tracking or anything like that. And everyone who's heard the album says that the, how raw it is is almost the, you know, the, what 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 makes it attractive. But in a political climate like now, how could you not make a raw album? How could you not be pissed off and affected by that? Um, and if that doesn't come through in your music, then you know, you're irrelevant, really. No matter how successful you are, you're not actually singing anything to, true to yourself, and true to your heart. Oh, true to the times, yeah. Well, I mean, it all depends. Again, it's, it's, it, it's relative because it depends on what sort of upbringing you've grew up with. You know, if you've been brought up, you know, spoiled or in Hollywood, I don't suppose political climate really affects you that much because you can probably buy your way out of it. But if you've grown up with, you know your family's miners and all, and you've seen the Tories tear down all the, the the mines and the shipyards, and they've already done it once, and then they're doing the whole thing again, tearing apart what's left of the remnants of communities, being like you know, stopping funding for mental health, not even research, mental health, not even education, mental health treatment. So all the lower middle class people are, are, are fleeing to the private sector to try and get seen. So now the private sector is turning people away. And you're just like, this is fucking chaos. And there's people dying all the time. Thousands of them every year. No one cares. If that doesn't affect your music, you're technically not a musician. You're just a a pawn. You're just a, an actor. You're playing at being a musician. And, uh, you know, good luck to you. It seems to be quite the thing, you know. It does, doesn't it? People do quite well, pretending. A couple of questions I want to ask you. Is a book something on the cards for it, the Wild Hearts? It, it, well, there was. I was going to do a book with Mick Wall, and then they started booking gigs to promote it before we wrote the book. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. well... So now I've got to get writing really quick, yeah. And and, and also, it's it might not be a good book, and we won't have any time to rewrite. Um, so I put it to someone else that we do a wild arts book and they said there's no interest you're a cult band no one buys books anymore at which point I'm just like really? does anyone fancy doing anything to try and make books exciting again or anything? and I guess you you know you can't you can't make people work for something if you know evolution means that that thing's not going to last you know you don't see people riding around on horses anymore do you? Um, True, but that's a story that needs to be documented and needs to be told because, I mean, I saw the Songs and Words tour that you did and that's obviously just your tales and the Wild Hearts is a collective um, and there must be the wealth of material. And well, this, this, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great story, but unless it was done properly, we were talking about this earlier on, about the the idea of doing um, a documentary. Someone mentioned that they wanted to do, they'd rather do a DVD than a book and I'm like, well, great, but give me the treatment. I'm not just going to go on jump into the idea of making a movie about the wild arts um, unless there's a really good angle that I think you can get some juicy stuff out of this you wouldn't get from another band or from any other, ba- yeah, every yeah, other yeah. band like for me it would be the wild arts fans that would be the main brunt of the story how it affects other people it's a f- that, that's n- not very common the way that wild arts fans are as you know you know yourself they're they're a bit eager yeah um they're a bit zealous. And they really kind of, I think, have allowed you in some cases to continue making music when the music industry's sort of closed the door, right? Absolutely. And, you know, beyond pledge, 
and and all those sort of things, the fans were the, the community, I'd rather call it, um, were there what, for the 555 thing, but time and time again, the stuff that we're doing now, you know, round records, they want, to, they, they want us to do well, they want round records to do well, so they invest in this stuff. And it's um, and so we try and make it really good quality, and it's you know it's a it's it's a copacetic relationship, um, but uh, that's the that's the community that we've been nurturing. That that relationships what we've been nurturing over the years. When everyone else is, when other people have been trying to figure out the best way of just making some, just money. making a quick buck, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think the best way of you know having something worthwhile that actually means something to anyone. So whatever you're doing, regardless of how financially beneficial everything is, is you're having a, an emotional impact. Yeah, that's where the the calling it art makes sense because it, it's eliciting some kind of emotional response. And the wild arts do not elicit an emotional response from people. My God, it's 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 crazy. What were you telling me once? You're speaking to a venue, either manager or promoter, and they were saying you're the only band nowadays that inspires the kind of response that you see at football matches in terms of the chanting and the singing yeah like proper fever pitch reaction but i mean that was that was what i grew up thinking was how all bands yeah all bands thin lizzie everyone used to sing to thin lizzie motorhead yeah as soon as the, the lights went off everyone went from talking to everything to to mental everyone got plugged into some grid and all just lost their shit until Motorhead stopped playing and the lights went back on, and I, and it was it was something that I never really thought. Well, or Ramones, Ramones, even great better, example, yeah. Pulling everybody half the set length as well. <laughs> but and, but the, it was the, it was about the audience. Even though I was obviously it was about the band and stuff, but it was it was just as much about the audience, about you know that community spirit in the audience, especially Ramones audience. Every single weirdo in every single city that they played was at a Ramones gig, and you go like, oh my god, I'm home. Yeah. Is it like? Every kind of weirdo. I mean, little nerdy, geeky weirdos and fucking six-foot monster weirdos. Um, <laughs> everything. And I just, we entered into the Wild Arts thinking that that's just what you do. And I didn't realise how special it was that we got that back from the people until a bit later on when you, you know, I'd see people kind of clocking in and clocking out, doing substandard performances, releasing substandard material. And the audience kind of going cold on them. And you could see before the audience, you know, moved on to, to another band or something, you could, you could feel it in, in the crowd that it wasn't the same electricity. And there was no way I was going to ever let, let that happen. What, for just for success, just to write shitty songs and make shitty videos and do stupid things, write crap songs for other people and disappoint everyone. Man. You know, I struggle with a lot of stuff these days, but that must be a hard one to to think. If I could go back, I would go back and try and salvage some integrity. Like if Gene Sims is sitting on the toilet, just going like, oh, if I could <laughs> have anything, I would have had some integrity left at this age. So when I'm old, I could be proud instead of just, I made a lot of money. So the porn directors, money, you know, Move guns around if you want to make a load of money. If that's all it's about for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, he's in the wrong business now. Really? I know, and that's, that, that's going to be He's such awful. an interesting character, though, isn't he? Because he's, I think he's got a really good heart deep down. And I think you hear certain stuff about him and you think, well, where's that guy in the public? Like, why don't we see more of that person? Well, I know a few people like that, that put on a persona when they're doing their kind of promotional thing. Um, 
and I, and and I'm always like, is that is that working for you? Yeah, yeah, is that, yeah. Is that, is They're it? running on the whole. There's no such thing as bad publicity yeah. angle, aren't they? But you are like, is that working? Is yeah. And this <laughs> this is a competition. If you're just going to be, you know, Lon Chaney and pulling a thousand faces for whoever you're talking to, you know, chances are you're not going to you, your effects not going to last very long. It might it might it might burn bright at the time, but it's not going to last very long. You're not going to be an essential character like someone with flaws like an Aussie or a Lemmy or something like that where people can identify with them. I don't, I don't just want someone showing off. I like someone who can show off, I, I someone who's got something to bring to the table. That's sexy. But someone who just makes it the point of their, their existence to show off. Yeah, that's to like be the, shocking. That's the annoying kid in class that's definitely going to get his arse kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. And these two, these guys are too rich to get their arse kicked. But, you, you know, you're telling me Donald Trump's happy, you know? <laughs> And you know, you know, as as nice as I suspect Gene Simmons probably is, and he stopped me getting a beaten once, you know. And I'll always give him props for that. Did he? What was going on there then? Well, I was a little kid, and we went to see Kiss at Stafford Bingley Hall, and the and the car came, and there was a window open. It was Gene Simmons. I thought I'm probably never going to get a chance to meet him again, so I ran into the car park after the car, and all of the security from upstairs ran after me, and I'm like, I hope it's Gene Simmons, because if some rich grey-haired guy gets out of that car, I'm screwed. And Gene Simmons um, got out the car and all secured. You could hear the feet coming behind me, getting louder and louder. And then out the other side of the car was that huge guy that was in all the Kiss pictures with the big handlebar moustache. Don't know what he was called, big guy. Um, And he got this guy to go on, you know, tell them to clear off. And he talked to me for a bit, signed something, took some pictures and stuff, and then walked me back up the up the thing, make sure I didn't get my arse kicked. And I remember trying to tell him this story where the Wild Arts was going and we were at, at a Kiss gig and they didn't like Kiss and I, and I did, me and CG did. And I was trying to tell him this story in front of everyone and he and he turned around, this is going to take a long time. And he looked at the band for reassurance and the audience went, cunt, fuck <laughs> off. And he, just, and he was saying, then he called me the troublemaker for a while and, and I just remember thinking, I wasn't causing trouble. I was trying to tell you a story that you were going to go to bed that night and go. Maybe I am a good guy. It was a good thing that I did, you know. And look what happened. Be good to everyone because, you know, you might meet them and they're in a band. (laughs) But um, I don't know, you know. uh, Kids are a weird one. I'm I'm not sure anyone is as disappointed at being a fan of a band as Kiss fans are when the kids and kisses everything and then you get older and you start realizing that it's just a quite a horrible drama and now in the world we're in as well where you know the things that gene says don't really sort of fit in with when he, when the he, way things are going do they in terms of his i guess lack of sympathy for for mental health issues being the the main one he, i mean I, I think he gets a bad rep with some of the sexist stuff because it's like at least he's always said i'm a bit of a fucking sexual guy do you know what i mean he's never been a deviant or a it's not just him well i mean yeah he he was married to someone then openly you know fucking around and that 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 was a no he he was going up with sharon what's it called sharon tweed or something she's called his his wife um you know lovely you know beautiful woman and 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 kind of priding himself on telling everyone that he was fucking around behind her back i'm like there's not an, going to be an age where that's going to be cool. You no. Know? Even if people think it's cool, if some people think it's cool, it's not. You're wrong. It's fucking stupid and it's insulting and it's demeaning to someone that you should be bigging up and making feel good. Um, 
But it wasn't just Gene, Sim- Gene Simmons and his horrible, misdirected, misinformed opinions on Robin Williams. Um, and uh, and even worse, Robin Williams's kids he brought into it. Robin Williams' kids are going to remember him as being a coward or something, he said. Yeah, brutal. Just... He was actually just sick, though, right? He had a brain tumour. Wasn't that what happened with him? And he actually just decided, well, no, rather well, than letting my brain degrade to the point where I'm no longer a human, I'm going to take myself out. I think that was his no, no choice, knows, it, as opposed but, but to just, I'm so low, I don't want to be here anymore. I think, from what I've read and heard. No one knows. No, no but, one yeah. knows. I mean, he, he, he used to talk about mental health uh, issues a lot. Yeah. So, you know, either way, you know, some guy just took his life. And it's... Well, there's been far too much of it, hasn't there, recently? Like, Keith Flint was a shocker. But, like I said before, you know, people haven't got... The the system's broke. There's no treatment. There's no treatment available. Um, You know, we're talking about people that have got enough money to see the best doctors in the world, but the best doctors in the world, A, aren't there, or B, are there, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about, then they're not helping you. All they're doing is getting you out of the office with with a new script. There you go. Something new to try... Well, that's what happened to my mum for the best part of my adult life. She's been bipolar since I was about six. Um, So I've grown up with the sort of lack of any knowledge of mental health. And she must have been on about eight or nine different prescription drugs Mm. over that time. And, you know, they invariably didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. She seems now to finally be on something that does keep her well. And she hasn't had any sort of trouble for about eight years, which is the longest in as long as I can remember. But... I hope so. You know, there's far too much um, so. cowboy guesswork, isn't there? Um, it's it's With outrageous. It's outrageous. I, um, I've been going around in circles for the best part of two years trying to get seen and just white knuckling it because of our kids. Um, and uh, you know, when when the when you you know when the private sector can't do anything for you, you you're like, I get it now. I get it. Why so many people are. You know, all you've all you've got, all you're given from from the the, the world of medicine is, is is an idea of hope. If things are, if they're not all right yet, they're going to be all right. People know what they're talking about, and then when they strip that hope away from you, yeah, you're on your own. You're floating in space. You're fucked. Um, and some people make it, and some people don't. But that's why there's six thousand people killing themselves, not because the illness is untreatable. You know, there's, there's so many more things that could be done, um, and. It's outrageous in this in this day and age. People don't need to suffer, you know. But the 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 rise in financial interest compared to the fact that as a species we don't look after each other. The future looks a bit fucking grim, you know. So thank God for music, really. Is that your salvation? Um, Would you say that that's been what's kept you here? No, my my kids, your family. Yeah, my kids have have kept me here, um, without a doubt. Um, uh, and and you know having a having a a community like like the wild arts community who you know do discuss things like this you know it, 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 if it, it's a bit like a support group as well yeah where we discuss things like mental health illnesses where you can't really even bring the the topic up in certain in, in normal circumstances you know it's what everyone's quite open about it now and I think knowing that you're doing something with your music that's having a direct effect on people that people tell you that. that not only that album, that song, that part of the song, you know. That lyric or That word, lyric, and you're yeah. just like, Fuck, and I knew that lyric was a good one, you know. I knew someone somewhere would get that. 
and you realise you're doing something more than making music. And I'm not trying to, you know, blow smoke up anyone's arse, but you're not just trying to chase, you know, some financial dream. It's it's social. You're doing something that affects affects people that believe in you. And at that point, you're more you're more of a reporter on the human condition than than a than a songwriter, or or a songwriter for famous people who are just singing banal lyrics about nothing. Yeah, and it, it, you know it makes the whole process a bit more important. You know, you can't really look at it as you know um, I'm not doing as good business as him. I'm doing a different business than him. You know, and that's. You got to remember at all times. It's very, it's very important, but you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily keep me here. And I think a lot of people would understand if I just gave up. I got tired and just went, oh, I, just, I can't do anymore. Um, but my kid wouldn't. You know, I've got three kids, and God knows one of them might follow me down that path. You know, and just say, well, that's that's what Dad did. I've got a similar pain, and that's what Dad did. So I might just do that. Well, if I stick around, then that's what Dad did. So. Stick around and hope for a, a legitimate mental, a, a legitimate terminal illness to take me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you uh, do you kind of do any form of therapy yourself? Do you see a professional and talk to? Mm, anyone I try. And... I try to in the NHS. Um, I'm, I just moved to York and I try to do it with the with, with the York um, mental health teams and crisis and response teams. Um, there's something like thirty mental health charities in York, and no one knows who they are. It's just it's it's a ridiculous situation. Um, but I tried my best, um, and then I, I went back to my where my family live, um, Saint Helen's, where my, my ex partner and uh, my my child live. Um, and I got so desperate, I went back to my old doctor that I didn't even think was very good at the time. Just for some, someone would see me, someone who could write me a script would see me and just help in some way. And, you know, it made me realise that you can't rely on the system. You can't rely on people helping. You've got to develop your own skills, sharpen your own skills, um, uh, survival skills. And we're we're talking absolute survival skills. How do you get to bedtime without hanging yourself? And some days are fucking much worse than others. Um, But as long as you get to bedtime, you've cracked it. I guess it's noticing when you pick up on negative thoughts, right, and trying to nip them in the bud. Early it, on, is that one tactic? It, it, and well, that, and that's. Or would one, you say it's different for every individual? It's different for every individual. I mean, that's that. That's one way that the illness will manifest. Um, other times, you'll you know, someone's just been on the phone to their wife and say, "Oh, you know, the dinner's on, the kettle's on," and then the wife comes back and they've already hung themselves and the dinner's still in the oven and the kettle's still warm and he had a flash of inspiration that took him out within probably 10, 15 minutes. No one saw that coming. And then for other people, it's more of a, a long lasting, festering kind of effect. Um, it's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird illness. It's such a strange, strange illness. Um, but uh, but it's, it's as unique as people's fingerprints. Yeah. It really is. And I think the hardest thing is getting yourself out of your own head, isn't it, sometimes, and just seeing a different perspective. Oh, very often perspective is distractions is everything are, are essential you know having a dog really does help you know because dogs my dog is is te- telepathic you know when no one knows there's anything up with me my dog knows you know 
and she'll come up and she'll do these little movements with her head or her paws and stuff and and she's going like it's going to be all right come on we're going to be okay and that's a great distraction so then being able to take her for a for a long walk is another great distraction have you seen have you are, seen afterlife yeah yeah absolutely. that's a powerful piece of comedy and drama isn't it it's at brilliant. once and, he, and you know, and he seems he genuinely, stuff, really. he seems genuinely blown away by the response to that. Yeah, but he's 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 popular because he's outrageous, but he's not loved because he's outrageous. I think he's finally twigging the difference. Yes, people love him because he's touched on something that was such a delicate subject matter. The possibility of getting it wrong, especially with someone like Ricky Gervais. Because Ricky Gervais has said some awful things about depression on stage, but he—it's almost like he had a he had a, a flash, or he maybe he met a few people that suffered from it, or, or did a bit of research or something. But he seems to have kind of developed more of a heart, yeah. And that's what's going to make him a legend, not because he can upset celebrities. He's very good at that, though. I like that. <laughs> you know, I, I I like him, and I like when he says things I don't like. That's the art of every great comedian. Well, I think he's very much of the opinion that whatever you stay on stage as part of the routine is a joke and it's not what you mean or feel. It's just to elicit a response. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a stock line for him because it's yeah. like it's a joke if it's funny. Otherwise, it's just an offensive thing to say. Yeah. And when he's talked about depression, there's no humour in that. He's never, he, hasn't, he hasn't lightened it with a punchline at the end. He's just he's got his thing over. And I, I suppose you know people who are overweight and got thyroid problems probably think the same when he's talking about people he goes after overweight. fat people a lot doesn't he yeah yeah but i mean it's his thing and that, yeah but again it's like every comedian i've ever loved says things you go oh <laughs> that's what makes you love him you know but the fact that someone like him could turn around then and do something as sympathetic as afterlife i think shows a maturity and a and, and an exciting potentially exciting career even more exciting than just offending a load of people which it's good enough. Yeah. But, but to be able to do things that actually have a, a resonance with people, I think it's uh, very clever. I think he's probably agrees. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's your relationship with religion? What are your feelings and thoughts towards the topic? The same as any rational person, I suppose. It's, 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 everyone's born with a, with a, with a hole inside of them, whatever, however big it is or, you know, and they're just—it's about filling that hole. Whether you're filling it with vodka or filling it with God or filling it with, you know, whatever, chocolate and Netflix, <laughs> um, it's, you know, you're still filling a, a, a void. You know, that's again part of the human condition. We have we, we we have a sense of loss because we're not we're not a species. We're not we don't interact like a species like the rest of the world, the rest of the animal kingdoms. Who, who, Everything they do is a reaction on the procreation and benefit of the species. Ours is like... The greater good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ours is like we kind of like messing around with mortality and, you know, for few... I mean, look at the way we are. Look at the way the, the whole Brexit thing has played out. And everyone, you know, I don't even... I don't if I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't want to go down a political kind of cul-de-sac. But the fact that the people that vote leave so it's some kind of competition like football you yeah. know like yeah, you yeah, lost yeah. get yeah, yeah. used to it uh-huh. you lost and like what did you win doesn't matter you didn't win it doesn't matter what I've won I may not have won anything but I won and like you don't even know the sport you don't even know what you've won you might have won 10 years of fucking misery is that alright yeah as long as you didn't win I'm, as long I'm as it's on win. my terms it's like biting your nose off to bite your face isn't yeah. it and it's it's it, it's 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 illustrated the ugly the inherent ugliness of the human of the human species that differentiate differentiates from everything else that's walking, climbing, breathing, swimming, whatever the fuck they're doing. Every other animal is is not out to fuck its own species. It's it's fucking madness to fuck your own species, and we do it all the time. We go against the grain all the time. So it's not a it's not a massive. You know, it's 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 not a, a massive leap of logic that there wouldn't be the treatment there for something like mental illness when it doesn't manifest itself as big sores and weeping boils. You could be making it up. Yeah. So the, the, the suspicious nature of human beings are going like, well, I don't even know if you're telling the truth. There's nothing, it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with you. You know, until you're swinging off a rope and think, oh, he meant it. Yeah, and then it's too late. You know, and obviously it's too late. What can we do to be more sympathetic as a species, do you think, Ginger? Uh, I'm not sure it's even worth... Uh, I, I think it, it, it now is the time to stop fantasising and, and build some real, proper, sensible building blocks um, for, for your future, for your survival. Uh, and if it is going to be, you know, every man for himself, then you've got to, you know... If you, if you like the idea of, of there being good in the world... Be good, you know, and and that's got to be enough. You can't expect the world to be good, or it can't disappoint you that the world doesn't want to behave in a moral kind of fashion. Uh, you got to do it for yourself, and you got to survive for yourself. Um, and uh, just don't be a cunt because it, it's easy, and there's too many of them. There is too many of them. Oh, it's it's, it's <laughs> infuriating, infuriating. So many cunts. You know what? They're never the ones that fucking die young, are they? What's that song, Only the Good Die Young? <clears throat> Who does that? I can't remember. But they were on to something. 
There's, some, is, there's something in it. Uh, when I saw you doing the Songs and Words tour, I think you even did either top three or maybe even top five near-death experiences. Oh, was I, it top five? I had to cut that one out. It was the, that's, That was ridiculous. That set was so long. I had to cut bits <laughs> out. I didn't think I could actually make it work for like, how are you, what do you say for more than an hour? And then we'll find out, you've talked too long. You've, got to cut you've actually got out. to cut it back. So that was what was what was the top one? I think the top one was because um, they got kind of increasingly oh, insane and bizarre, didn't they? As they went down, what would be the most bizarre for anybody who didn't catch that all tour? Five of them. One of them was <laughs> was was um, going over the side of a mountain on a motorbike into some sand, and the sand, well, you know, unless you're an expert rider, which I wasn't, um, the sand just tells you where you're going to go. And it was just, it was in Portugal. It was just huge cliff. And the sand was just going, you're going over the cliff and I'm going to, I've got no skills. And uh, and it just, just, no, you're not. We'll put you back on the road. And the bike rode itself. Um, and, you know, as a standalone story, it doesn't really. The hell was that? Was that? Your that? No, no, no. Wow. In response to the story. There was a ghost <laughs> <of> the, <front. laughs> the um, <laughs> and, and, and that, and, and, my second <laughs> motorbike one was I was in Thailand and I just got this bike that was way bigger than I was used to riding. So I, I flicked the throttle and, and he just motored across this three-lane uh, carriageway, three lanes each go, each, each direction. And, the, and it, with the traffic on, you know, the traffic's all like bombing around. And in Thailand, there's no fast lane or slow lane. It's just everyone's just free for all. Around. And, and it missed everyone else and then went over the middle barrier in the middle hump and then went over the, the traffic going the other way and I'm like I'm definitely dead this time and I missed all three lanes and then I was just like it's ridiculous and then I was going I found myself driving up this street with a huge truck coming towards me and going this is definitely going and the bike pulled itself around and flipped back into the the, the traffic the the direction of the traffic and everyone that was with was going that is some serious skills you got on the bike and I'm like there was no skill that was complete fluke that was a weird one this, I've got loads of little things like that that I just like if you sit and think of one of them you just go oh it was just fluke but you know and, and there was a bunch of ghost stories as well wasn't there and experiences with the the unknown the supernatural yeah well you were saying in also... a recording studio at one point you were making I can't remember which record it was, but you were saying there was basically oh, a spirit God. in the well, studio. Well, there's been a few. Uh, that, that one was... Um, <laughs> was it the country del, record you were Valo doing? Valo del Corazon. No, it was um, my first solo album. It was in Texas. Yeah, that was it. And and there was a, you know, we were, there was loads of weird activity going on and just, you know, we'd been partying quite hard. So we'd been away for about three days and we could have been imagining it until this uh, this great local pianist called Buzz Osborne, real big player in the scene. Not from the Melvins. No, no, not that one. Um, that would have been bizarre. I know. Um, and he said, have you, met, uh, have you met Bucky the Ghost? And we were like, fuck off. How, how did you know what was going on in the studio? This like way before you got here. He said, no, if it's a good session, which this one seems like it is, then he'll show his face or you'll, you'll, you'll know he's here. And I'm like, I think he already has. And he was just like, oh, that's good. That, that's a, like the most average, mundane, <laughs> run-of-the-mill thing in the world. Yeah, he showed That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad he showed up. We're just like... <laughs> but with the Wild Arts did it. We, we were recording in Ridge Farm um, when we first started. And there was a, 
there was someone walk there was these barn doors in the kitchen and someone walked past the barn doors and I just figured there was another door out the side so we just like what the fuck was that walking through the kitchen ran up the barn doors to look where the other door was and there was no other door and we all saw it I don't know that whole thing is like I don't know we all want to believe in magic don't we We're I think we all want to believe also in that there's something else after this right that there's there's a grander thing than yeah. the here and the now. Yeah, or there's, or there's some kind of design, or a you know, a, you know, I don't know. Do you believe in it all? No, no, of course not. It's it's, it's a little. What do you think happens after we uh, leave this mortal coil? No idea. It's just no idea. The but, end. but you know, we 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 are made up of energy, and energy doesn't die. You know, so presumably we go, and our energy goes and and does something else that um you know involves energy i mean the thing is you look at the you, you look at the, uh, the the you know you zoom into a human body and you look at the the, the the neurons and you know nerve endings and it just looks like stars you yeah. look in the sky you just go like well chances are it's just a bigger picture than what well, all we're doing is feeding information to a bigger thing like you know a, a you, you whatever little fellas are in your knee taking care of some war in your knee. Yeah, so we're like the blood cells inside a big you know, giant. And they just, and yeah, and they just, they just, well, or, but not even a giant, it's just like a, a, a not an intelligence, because that would suggest some kind of design, but a, a, a I, I can't even, I, I, I used to be able to talk about this sort of stuff for a long time, and then I just got, just listening to myself and just going, I, I'm not buying that anymore. Nah. You've just been splurring on crap all the for years and years. <laughs> and I, I I stopped buying it and then I thought, you know, we did it we did an album where we went to the most haunted castle in uh, Europe and did the vocals in this in this in this uh, old castle. And um nothing, not a single thing, not I mean a few people said, "Oh, I felt something," but nothing. Not a single thing. We had cameras everywhere. You know, I slept in the most haunted bedroom that wasn't even open to the public. It was supposed to be that terrifying. And nothing. Not a single thing. So now when I wake up in the middle of the night, I used to wake up and think, oh, you know, that, that noise could have been something. And I was just like... Bonus. Not a chance. You know, and I don't feel any, you know, don't feel anxious or excited or anything by noises. It just doesn't affect me anymore. And I hate the fact that I lost that kind of, the magic. Know, the belief that there could be something else. Why but, do you think you did? Just looking for it, just wanting proof or wanting reassurance. Yeah. Just, just you know, something. And I've done tons of things like that, just, you know, trying to go to places that are renowned for some kind of, you know, psychic activity or, or paranormal activity or anything. And just and getting nothing and thinking like you can probably make anything happen if you want it to happen bad enough. Power of suggestion, right? And yeah. What what role is drugs playing in your life at the moment? The illegal kind. You can't ask people that question. <laughs> you can't know, because I think that it's obviously you know front and center in the story of the wild hearts. At times, different now. I, well, I've I I never really got on with weed. I um I you know it used to make me paranoid and I you know I, I, I I'm love, the same with weed yeah yeah parijuana I call it yeah yeah <laughs> it yeah. fucks me up and it's and it's a real love hate thing you know but recently since I've been getting really desperate about like well I need some treatment from somewhere I need something to get me over the hump so I can start believing in in a in a solution um 
I've started smoking weed again and it really has been helping it, like a hundred percent it helps every time to the point where everyone I knew who used to go don't smoke weed don't smoke any more weed it you, you turn into a tit when you smoke weed or all going maybe just go upstairs and have a smoke you'd be better and I'm like I can see I can see the you know the the positive the effects it's having yeah a lot of my friends do that CBD oil obviously that doesn't have the THC in like the psychoactive component but they say that that cbd oil is amazing for all kinds of things from like muscle pains Mm -hmm. to anxiety to all sorts of stuff apparently the medicinal qualities of that are sort of proven and celebrated yeah well i i I had one i had a i bought a medipen they're called and that's full of cbd oil right and uh and you know for a while it was working you know the power suggestion being as yeah 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 as as much uh, as anything but um but it but it worked for a bit but it stopped working, and that was the thing that you know, power suggestion get get you so far, but it's not going to help you in the future. And and weed, you know, I've, I've always been curious. I, I, I'd love to be one of these guys who wakes and bakes and just smokes all day <laughs> and can actually get shit done. Yeah, yeah, Snoop, yeah. I'd love to be like Snoop, you know, <laughs> Willie Nelson. Who wouldn't? Yeah. But um, but these days it it. It's almost like I can see why this thing was put here. I can see why why it grows out the ground for people who are, you know, presumably mental health issues isn't a modern thing. It's been it's been going for as long as, well, as long as things have been growing out the ground, and, you know. And you have that one for this, and have that one for that, and that one. Oh, I feel a bit melancholy. I'll have, I'll have some of that. What's your take on mushrooms? Are you a fan? Have you been a fan of them in the past? Oh, I used to. I love I was, them when I was a kid. But I'd, I've been trying to get a hold of some mushrooms because I read up a lot about microdosing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. I, I really wanted to get into it, and everyone I talked to about it was just on such a different wavelength. They were going, "Oh, yeah. Well, you got you got to take you got to really trip and get through the trip." I'm like, "I don't want to trip, mate. I want to just." That's take... not microdosing by the sound yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Just, absolutely <laughs> not. I want to. I want. I want something that just takes the. The intensity away and, and lets you function and think things through. Um, last thing I want to do in my life is start taking hallucinogens and be tripping out. Oh, Jesus, Christ. you ever tripped out on stage? I imagine that's probably the worst place to be when you're hallucinating. Yeah, we've done everything on a stage, yeah. but um, that's got to be one of the worst drugs to be on stage under, though. No, no, are they all equally the worst ones damaging alcohol. to the show? Is you think the worst? Oh if yeah, if you've had playing. enough of it, yeah. Oh, if you if you're drunk and you're not in control, everything's going to shit. You're not playing with the band. You're not playing. I mean, you know, the Grateful Dead used to do mushrooms and arguably be better than they would be without them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, alcohol. I've seen so many people go on stage thinking they're Biggie, Billy Big Bollocks on, you know, swigging a bottle of Jack Daniels and just playing like an absolute twat. Yeah. And you're like, you've just let everyone down in the whole place, you know. That's that's not how you do it, you know. Have a celebratory drink afterwards, and have a, a, a few drinks to limber up if you need to. But getting pissed and going on stage, and that, and that's what you're charging people money to watch. I've never I've never agreed with that. Who was doing that recently? Richie, what's his name? Richie Sambora, is it from Bon Jovi, the was old he? guitarist? Apparently, at that Stone Free Festival, he got on stage like shit faced. What and, recently? Yeah, like a year or so ago. Uh, I he was, was like, getting oh, that together. I would, I'd, I'd hope that he was getting the getting it together so alcohol is a, a that's the that's a cruel one you know you can always get another bottle of whiskey there's not many shops that are going to not serve you a bottle of whiskey even if you're pissed if you've got the money yeah it's not going to give it to you you know you can get yourself in a tremendous mess and i've seen a lot of people you know 
I've, I've lost a lot of friends to alcohol and um, and it's awful because no one steps in because everyone likes a drink. Yep. You know? And it's and, the socially acceptable drug, isn't it? Yeah, and usually the ones that don't seem that they've got a drink problem are the ones that die from it because it's just a constant, you know, drip effect where, you know, they're not giving the body any time to to reconvene and, and get itself back back to zero. So, you know, when they do get sick or something, the body's just too weak to deal with it, you know. It's too busy trying to fight off this alcohol bloat and when it's got to go and, you know, work. I've lost quite a few friends of that because of um, they being in an operating theatre and their, their internal organs are just packed up because the body's been too weak. Uh, they've been overweight. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bastard alcohol. You know, it's a it's a it's a cruel one, but I'm you know I've said that I still love a drink. I'm I'm never going to be sober. Would you say you have a healthy relationship with it at this stage in your life? I'm you trying can... to, because I like a drink. Yeah, I, I like I like a good wine. I like you know a good whiskey. I like you know, um, you know my favorite beers and stuff. And um, I'm not going to just drink to get pissed. I'm going to drink to enjoy it. And if you get pissed on the way, then hey, do. <laughs> but I mean, you know, for someone like me, hangovers are a <sighs> tell are me about a, it, dude. Danger, you know, it's they that could be that could be in terms of where you go mentally yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I'd, I, you know, there's nothing good happening in my mind, in my mood, in my actions, in my manner. Nothing good happening if I've got a stink and hangover. I just can't. I can't risk it. Yeah, you know. So I. Absolutely pointless going there. If I've got to fight off a few hangovers a year because it is the, an early night turned into a late night, that's just part of the course. You know, take a day off or whatever. But um, I used to have a hangover all the time. Yeah. It's so a, you're constantly living in this state of anxiety and dread and misery. Oh, uh, I mean, for years and years, I'd never even drank water. I, I, I remember not not drinking water in most of the nineties. I wake up and a Jack and Coke was breakfast every day and I, well that should be in my near death stories because how the fuck can someone live like that for 10 years on bad food and alcohol and drugs and not drink any water or take any exercise and look at me I'm and 54, yet here you are you're looking in great shape I'm mate. in great shape I'm fit as a fiddle doesn't make any sense life's good I've had so many examples of, of God stepping in that I really should believe in God you know, I can't bring myself to do it. But I mean, I've got a lot of examples in my life where I could go and then God stepped in and, and, and people would find it hard to argue. Or at least my belief in it. But it's just, it's not, is it? It's not, that's not what it is. Are you religious yourself? I'm not, no. I believe certainly that there's a, a higher power and a grander scheme, but I'm not sure if I subscribe to any of the major ones. There's little bits of each that I like. I'd like to learn and read more about all of them and try and, just sort of take a bit from that, a bit from that. I think anything that makes you feel um, happier in yourself is a good thing, but also anything that makes you a bit more of a selfless, giving, generous person is also a good thing. And there's certain religions and religious people that I know that I see having a really positive effect on the world and the people around them. But then the flip side of that is there's also that dark side to it all, isn't there? And that hypocrisy. and oh. Well, there's good and bad in everything, isn't there? Yeah, but the good, the, the the bad in the Catholic Church is oh, is is worse than the bad in biblical. Excuse the pun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, it's the greatest evil, isn't it? It's the root. But I guess now the new religion is capitalism, isn't it? And that is the new 
root of all evil. It looks like it's going that way. But, I mean, you know, capitalists won't cover themselves like the church did. I just can't see it lasting for thousands of years. Like the, the church has been able to screw kids for thousands of years and and find not only anonymity, but people have been, you know, potential paedophiles of, of joining the church so they can mess with kids. and, and Like being recruited almost, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a story. When I was about four, um, there was maybe even younger than that, actually three, my mum wanted to have me christened because she was a Christian and the vicar at our local village church said that he would do it if I came on like a walk with him one day so he could get to know me. And my mum, thank God, <laughs> no pun intended, just went, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to leave you alone with my son. I don't know you that well. I don't care if you're a man of the cloth. And she didn't. And so God knows what he would have done. Thank God you didn't on have that, that man from that, that kid from the Michael Jackson documentary. Right? Yeah, you take him out. You take you him, take sleepovers, whatever yeah, you want. For a week. Yeah. You get him for a week. I mean, that is the worst parenting of all time, isn't it? No matter who the, the person is, you should never let your child stay in a bed with a fully grown adult. Like, that is fucked well, up. Well, who's not you? Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, let's, can we finish on the story about Debbie? Fucking <laughs> hell, yeah. So I thought that'd be a nice, light-hearted, funny anecdote to leave people with. Is that cool? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know I, I talked about it a lot on Songs of Words, but I don't know if I can remember much about it now. Test me. Well, it was the whole um, you like the catfish. Oh, it was the catfish before, before catfish? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was just it was. You nothing, remember the details? Not really. I just remember coming back from the states, <laughs> and all of a sudden there was this thing called MySpace. Yeah, and I, I didn't even, I you know, I, I had no idea what MySpace was. It was just. Tons of it had been out for a while, but I'd, I had a couple of uh, friends of mine dealing with my MySpace page. And I said, Oh, let me have a look. And it was just tons and tons of people wanting to be my friend, a lot of which were gorgeous girls. And I'm like, I'll take over from here. And and uh, and this one girl was turned out to be this Debbie. The girl in the photo obviously wasn't the girl who came over to visit me in England, <laughs> but it was, um, it was. It was just, a, it was such an innocent time. It was such a brand new thing. There was no way yeah. of, of protecting yourself against that sort of stuff. You know, someone's going to go through with a bizarre, elaborate lie. There's no way of detecting that. Because there's no precedent, is there? Like, you think, well, why would anyone do that? Because nothing like that had come before, had it? Mm. Obviously, fraud was a thing, but to that level where you're not really getting anything from it. You oh. know, you're not getting money from someone. It's just to literally trick them. But but you're not tricking them because she looked obviously nothing like the girl in the pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where was the tr the trick? Was obviously uh, had a finite kind of it. <laughs> There's know, no there payoff. Was, There's no ultimate payoff. Yeah, you, you can see where the way it's going to come a cropper when the guy sees and go, "You're not her." Yeah, I'm, no, <laughs> you're not that. Um, and she was like some kind of little old lady, right? Apparently, well, she looked like one. She was just, <laughs> just a weird little kind of. Goblin-looking girl, but but <laughs> she 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 presents herself every now and again on Instagram and stuff like that. And 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 I know it's her because a spelling's atrocious. Yeah. which is a great way of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotting that someone is is being kosher or not. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and a, you know, our background stories are so you know synthetic and 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 just don't hold up. But then again, I don't want to believe her. I wanted to believe her back back at the. At, back then i just i broke up with a partner and i was looking for uh you know i was on the market for someone else and this gorgeous if it happened now if you had someone get in touch with me on facebook 
and sent me a lot of pictures. I still would probably, a certain element would want to believe them. And then I could fall for it again and go like, there was no way I could see that coming. How could, yeah. you, how could Why would anyone have so many pictures of someone who wasn't them? But people are freaking messed up. They are. It's a strange and hilarious world, isn't it? As well as being a dark and depressing one, it's also kind of the so gift that keeps on giving sometimes. Sometimes. you got to keep a positive spin, right? Do you? I think so. That's why we're still here, right? Um... Yeah, the the positive thing I, fi- I find I find that quite hard to maintain because it's um, it's again it's too it's it's just it's too too easy it's too simple you know oh well you know cheer up as they sometimes you can't be positive maybe so, not so much cheer up as more as you were saying earlier like knuckle down and mm. persevere. Well, I mean that's just hard work. Yeah, is it, it you know the positivity comes when you get up the next morning and go like I made it. But getting through it, I think asking people to be positive is a bit like, you know, preparing them to fail because it's, it's almost impossible to, to find positivity when there's there's not even common sense coming through. You're not even, you know, your joy receptors are being cut off. You're not thinking like a rational person and asking someone to, you know, why don't you just feel positive or think positive? It's a bit like asking someone with a broken leg to run. Go for a fine. walk. Yeah, and it's... You know, and the human mind—it's just so powerful. If it wants to change things around and make you believe something, it will. You know, and the and the worst, the worst person to fight with in the whole world is yourself, because you you know you you're there all the time. You're never going to give up. You're equally matched. You're absolutely perfect. You're like that that fella, the the chicken and the guy from Family Guy. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> beating each other up year in year out. And it just, you can see why it would it would you know wear someone out. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, the availability of positivity is not always an option. Um, but you know, you strive to feel some positivity because you know that it, you know, it's it's important to find some joy. But uh, you know, it. But I've been I've been, I've been staying somewhat positive for decades now and I'm finally getting kind of tired you know finally it's going like maybe I'm the, I'm struggling to find treatment because maybe there isn't any treatment and I'll be the happiest guy in the world if I'm wrong same as ghosts and Gene Simmons I'll be very very happy if he all proved himself to be it was true and they're all really nice yeah very good there you go on that note. Um, well, congratulations on the new record, mate, and congratulations on weathering the storms mm. with your brothers in arms. And um, you got some shows in May. You excited for them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm always excited to get with the Wild Arts. Always excited. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of the band. I, and, and it's great to be playing Wild Arts fans. I mean, it really is. You know, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm not excited. I'm living for the shows. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.